Listen up, everybody. Tony Billy Boy has been in prison for 25 years. He's only been out for three days. The last time you were a free man, the Brooklyn Dodgers were still the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Eisenhower was your president. Laura, Amanda's intrigued with Billy Boy. Billy Boy, ask Amanda for a date. We could go to the Paramount, maybe. There is no more Brooklyn Paramount. It's been taken over by some college. Or the Albi. That's gone, too. You're a regular Rip Van Winkle, aren't you? What have you been doing you inside my mind? I can't believe And in it. my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. It's been a long time since I've been on a date. I sometimes see you pass outside my door. Hello? Loving you. Tell me how to win you. 
Mr. Reynolds? Excuse me, but there's something going on in the sculpture class. I think you ought to check it out. I've wanted you to see it so many times, but I finally think it's done. Tell me what you think of it. Oh, it's wonderful. This is how I see you. Second, yeah. Okay. And I have a new dog, but we can get to that in a little bit. Kathy, we were just saying something about, what were we saying? I stopped us. I interrupted us to make sure that other people could hear us. Oh, yeah. Well, we we had a quick discussion about your new dog, which we will get yes. to here momentarily with yes. the crew. But we did have <laughs> we did chat about the dog. Um, and then uh, and then we did something else. If, oh, we talked about the stack of newspapers. That's what yeah, we did. We talked yes. about the stack of newspapers. I have been a responsible... This is like behind-the-scenes reality issues. Yeah. I feel like most of the time we are pretty good at just hitting record, but this time... This yeah, time. yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm becoming responsible well, we about gotta keeping keep track some of my newspapers. we got to keep some mystique with the audience, I yes, think. Yes, absolutely. Some mystique. I don't want you to know that I'm a newspaper hoarder, because I'm not anymore, as it turns out. So that's good. Um, so this week I did watch a little housewives, but I want to watch a little more before I like make an opinion and start like chatting about it. Um, but so I'm back on the reality TV kick, although not enough to maybe like cover for the episode. However, I have been watching a lot of true crime stuff and we haven't really talked about Nixium at all on this show. I don't think. And there are several (laughs) documentaries I can recommend you go watch. The first one I would go watch, actually, I would recommend is go watch Seduced. The, the one that stars India Oxenberg and her story, so you kind of already know. I, I felt that having seen Seduced, it's like a Hulu documentary or like mm-hmm. something. I think it's Hulu. Oh, my picture got spotted here. Yeah, I think it's Hulu. Anyway, the Nixium cult, if you've never heard about Keith Ranieri and his entire uh, weird thing, he was a, it's a, he's a man, uh, a connected man in Albany, New York, who... Uh, eventually would make end up making uh, friends with a lot of celebrities and stuff, but he was a person who was able to use his pr- company, Executive Success Programs, along with his uh, partner, Nancy Salzman, who was covered heavily in the second part of this documentary, uh, The Vow, which we'll get to. Um, they were, they together over a course of about 30 years, built this, essentially, on the surface, what it was, was an executive training program to teach you how to be kind of like a, I don't know, a better decision maker in like, let's say you, I don't know, are in charge of people or a business or something. The idea was you could be in a better mindset, you can make better choices. These were all kind of basically what they were promising. It was all very like vague, but it was enough where, you know, after, as they called them, intensives, um, they're referred to even in the documentary as intensives, like a five, uh, three to five day program. And for folks who, like, might know about, like, some of this, like, new age kind of culty shit, right? Like, um, some of it's pretty harmless as far as, like, new agey shit, right? Like, and so Nexium was kind of, I'll say, uh, hiding behind the new agey guru bullshit 
um, as a means of like essentially attracting people to the movement, right? That yes. that they're that they're describing, right? So yes. like it starts as like someone being like, "Oh, I picked up this cute book on self-actualizations at the crystal store and it's written by this guy," right? Like or it's it starts as like somebody making like a Facebook post about it, right? It reads also very like Ghislaine Maxwell where like it's like, "Well, they told me about now and then so I had to tell all my friends about Nexium. And yeah. it, it's like it's like the it's very similar indeed to the Lululemon legging. Can you tell MLR. me a little bit about that? You've mentioned that a couple times, but I feel like I'm out of the loop about this was a wasn't that a gap company, Lululemon? A Is, what company? A gap? Like a uh, gap, like um Gap Inc. Like the company. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know that it was that it belonged oh, okay. to maybe not Lululemon and I'm forgetting whatever, but yeah. it's it's something very similar. There was a um I think Lululemon is like the actual brand of yoga leggings. Yes, that is that's right. Okay. Like it's like kind of legit. It's at malls and okay. shit like that, right? Yes. That's okay. So I, I, I mean, I myself don't know enough about leggings. I really got to get up on my legging. Yeah, I need. I need. Literacy. I could use two pair. I feel like I could make it through a whole week of wanting to wear leggings with only two pairs. So I don't know. No, what's then? Then I'm not remembering the name of the company, but there was like a leggings company, and okay. it was it was basically like it was like the um it was like Avon lady shit, okay. but for leggings. Oh. Um, and oh. it was a multi-level marketing scheme. It was basically like a pyramid scheme. Okay. Um, but part of it was because it like part of the reason it was so popular, at least according to the documentary about it, was that it was like they did a lot of their advertising on like Instagram. That makes sense. And Facebook and that shit, fits in right? With MLMs, so, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was like the new, it was like the newest cutting edge version of a of an MLM, where instead of like hitting up ladies at the aerobic studio that you know or whatever, right? It was like this is your side hustle, right? Like you have a job, but like this could be your side right. hustle, right? Okay. So having a Tupperware party or having an Avon party became the side hustle, but they. These people did it through leggings. Okay. Yeah, there used to be and also like basket parties and stuff like that too. It's pretty – there used to be a whole world of that. Maybe there still is a whole world of that stuff. We just don't live in that world, but yes. Yeah. But like a lot of the like I was introduced to the leggings company scam by my friend because she saw it on Insta and then okay. we were all getting together and then we're like, yeah, let's the five of us spend our life savings on <laughs> leggings, right? Like whatever. Yeah. It had a lot of the same Nexium vibes, right? Like, and that's even how Ghislaine Maxwell allegedly recruited all of the ladies, right? The girls, rather, right? Because right. it was like they'd recruit one 16-year-old, and then the 16-year-old would tell all their 16-year-old friends. And it's yes. just essentially just word of mouth, right? But it was like, yes. it was either leggings, sex trafficking, or this sex cult. Yes. I guess are the options. So I guess either way, beware of shit you see on instagram yeah and and it's funny to learn after you watch the document or i'll even just say this you know that this 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 uh organization nixium no longer you know basically no longer exists and stuff there are technically people who are still like you know positing its return or like trying to defend keith ranieri the the man who was responsible for the organization but i'll, I'll just break it down for you real quick the the idea was that much like as, as Kathy was saying, in the Ghislaine Maxwell situation, people were recruiting each other to be in this, um, mostly because they found, well, for a number of reasons, but let's say that they thought that a piece of it was that they were going to feel better as a person, you know, that classic scheme, 
um, much like any of the self. I mean, honestly, on the base of it, this was like a any other self help thing. It was like Tony Robbins or whatever. It's just that on a, in addition to the side of it as like a side group, and probably after watching the the documentary, I think has given a decent amount of insight into probably the intention all along was to end up in this situation or that situation that he had going on. Um, basically recruiting sexual partners like from this organization that he was running, which I mean, fine. It, let's, uh, the law doesn't care about that maybe necessarily, but everything else that went on, uh, branding included, that's probably the part you're going to want to pay attention to in the documentary. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty serious stuff. I mean, the, the thing is, I was really surprised. I will say this. I was surprised when Keith got 120 years. I wasn't, uh, I didn't think it was a bad thing that he got it, but I was surprised that they gave him, you know, essentially life in prison for a crime that other people wouldn't have gotten life in prison for if the details during the, the trial weren't so lurid, you know, and if the, mm -hmm. the testimony wasn't so like, yeah, I don't know. I found it very fascinating. Keith Raniere was a man who definitely had a lot of knowledge and pull, and that was abstractly useful in his scenario. And I don't know how he even got the pull that he got in the first place. I don't know where his break-in was, because I'm trying to think. The whole time I was watching the documentary, this is a man who came to a lot of power, <laughs> had a lot of uh, kind of Vancouver, let's say B and C-level celebrities hanging around him and stuff, like the guy like who made What the Bleep, for example, uh, Mark Vicente. Um, I, I don't know how he got his like break in to like, like how'd he go from a guy who was running that consumer byline to like, that's never really covered. Like how he went, how he made the jump from nobody to even like a small time group. It was just like somewhere in between he had followers and like mm -hmm. that. I felt like that was a little bit left out, but I don't know. There'll be more documentaries and, uh, Allison Mack will get out of jail and Nancy will get out of jail and they'll make a part three. So We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll learn more. Well, I feel like it's a, I mean, I kind of glanced at his like Wikipedia page, right? And it, like that, that new agey part, it, it feels like, um, I, I guess uh, there's that lady, Nancy Salzman, mm -hmm. who actually did have some kind of like curriculum. Yes. And the F they mentioned like, the FBI took custody of it now, which I'm sure she's mm -hmm. very sad about. Um, but like, I think like, I think like, right, th this was even something they talked about in this part two of the documentary, right, which was that like, even the victims themselves were like, we didn't actually believe in, in their words, right, that Nancy really had intention. Yeah. Or had any real awareness of Keith Rainieri, right, that she yeah. was just the like, she was the hapless Trojan horse. Yes. And he was hiding inside of her. Absolutely. Right? And so like, that's why like, like the um the discussion of people saying like well but we actually got something out of it and it's like well yeah because like that curriculum was was bringing people in to it right? right like it was we all feel a little damaged we all feel like we all need therapy or god or religion or yeah. church or an aa meeting or a knitting yeah. club right and for these folks it was this self-actualization curriculum but 
in that sense, right, like those, all of those places and environments can sometimes be hotbeds of exploitation because, yes. because we know those folks are vulnerable. They're going through grief or loss or crisis or yeah. insecurity, just whatever the fuck it in is. In that very right? vulnerable um, step of life where you call yourself like a seeker or something, many of those mm -hmm. people, two of those people literally said, I'm, well, I'm a seeker, a lifelong seeker. And this is like, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, we, it's easy for us to say that like, oh, I wouldn't ever do something like that. But I can't truly say that because I know that were I in different positions in life, it's easily, it's, it, it is mm -hmm. clear based on the different kinds of people that Nixium recruited to me that it could work on virtually anyone who is in the right spot at the right mm -hmm. time. Um, well, and I think, you know, that's, I think, the second part, right, which is why did Keith, Keith Raniere get so many years when somebody else didn't? I mean, I think that's your answer, too, which is it's the kind of person he was also recruiting to the organization, right? It was yeah. it, it was like a target to the, like, white women, well-educated, sorority, career-driven, even maybe wholesome housewife type, right? Like, yeah. that was their demographic. It wasn't alcoholics or d former drug addicts right it would like because if he had exploited those people we wouldn't be hearing about Keith no Ranieri. he would have got he'd be one more he'd just be a guy. one more episode on the Truanon podcast of right. fucked up schools that they send kids to right like yes. that's all it would be and nobody would give a shit right but because it wasn't those people it was a real estate agent or it was a fucking school teacher it was a stay-at-home mom because that's who it happened to and because like their families as we also see throughout the nexium uh um documentary the families of those people have been constantly advocating constantly running a facebook whatever thing yeah. whatever like that, that takes time that takes energy gofundmes or not right like uh, it does actually now that you now that i'm thinking about it it did remind me um of this is paris a little bit with the uh, the 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 schools that like trap people in the, not and in, maybe not in any other way than the method, the psychology that they like employ. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're going to, we're teaching you something. So you need to understand. And like, even in their heads, maybe running the program, the people that weren't Keith, you know, much like in those organizations must think they're doing a good thing or started out thinking they're a good thing. Much like the people, uh, there's a man more, maybe more than one man actually, who said like, nobody starts out thinking that they're joining a cult. You know, everyone thinks they're doing like the best thing in the world until it turns out to be that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm well, like, I mean, it's it's kind of like the way you'd start like, you know, a tabletop game or a DSA chapter and then it turns into a polycule. Right? Like... <laughs> hey, I'm and always then open the next to new thing, You know, you're a fucking crypto scam. You know, <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Exactly. And you're. You're living in, uh, or no, you have less than $100,000 after being a billionaire. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what I heard recently. Although, I have right? to assume yeah, that no. being, having $100,000 and living in, um, where is he? The Cayman Islands or something? NFT of the world's smallest violin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I mean, it'll be very funny if, no, it won't. That man will not get out of anything without going to jail. He will spend some time in jail. There are, no, there are enough people with a lot of money who are angry about him that he'll probably spend time in jail. That's usually what it takes. Yeah, yeah that, that's really what's, again, that's really what it boils down to. There's enough people with money who are upset. <laughs> and they have friends, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and they have friends, right? And they have friends, and because they have money too, you know. The most shocking part of the whole documentary to me that wasn't like a sex crime um, was definitely the fact that they got the Dalai Lama to not only come visit them, but was able were they able to go visit the Dalai Lama like in Nepal, like or wherever he is? Like, how did how do you even the Bronfens must have been in his access to that? I mean, maybe I, I don't no know. Idea. Like he, his people had the ability even at the time to google him and be like yeah like nothing that comes up about you is good like and in fact the accusations are like numerous and kind of indefensibly numerous so i don't know how they ended up getting connected i mean i feel like it's kind of like i don't want to say it like this mm -hmm. um <laughs> but it felt like one of those um, I met, um, I met Harrison Ford at Comic-Con thing. Like, no, uh, you didn't meet Harrison Ford, right? You didn't meet Harrison Ford. Right. You stood in line and paid $20 to get an autograph on your fucking Wookiee or whatever, yes. right? Like, that's what you did. And let's not confuse the two, yes. right? Like, let's really not confuse the two. And so I kind of yeah. feel like... And I'm not trying to say that the Dalai Lama is like the equivalent of Comic-Con, but I feel like on some level, right, like he's a speaker. You can book him probably. Like I, I would hope that they do some vetting, but if I were to like throw the like, if I were to like rent the Lensic, if I had a bunch of money and I were to rent the Lensic and be like, I'm going to have a night of celebration of peace with cool dancers and a, a school band. And I hired all these people and I was like, Dalai Lama, I want you to be the like <laughs> fucking guest of honor. And I want like, just as a celebration of peace for Santa Fe. Is he really going to look that deeply into who I am? Probably not. No, like, yeah, no. you know, like, and, and if I'm just kind of like, just generally speaking, trying to be like, I'm just trying to bring like love and peace to the people of Santa Fe, he's going to be like, it's just a citizen who's on a mission, right? Yeah, They're that's not true. And so like, I mean, you know, so I, I think he himself was like, kind of, I, I'll say like writing the coattails, right? Like it kind of undid mm. him because it mm. was like, he gets, it's like, he gets like the one photo with Harrison Ford and it's like, yeah. This is my buddies, and then everyone yes. else is like, "Oh, so are you going to bring Harrison Ford over? Is he coming to dinner? Like, is he coming to your kid's wedding? Like, he's yeah. How Keanu, how long you know? did he have like, to promise his friends that that the Dalai Lama was coming to dinner? Like, how many years did that take? Oh, I'm serious. I really know the Dalai Lama. I really like, met him. Look, we're in this we picture in together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We met in Canada. He was visiting the Prime Minister. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like this happens too. like you can tell when people are like clearly at like a mass Barnes and Noble book signing type of a situation like that's, you know, that's like retweets aren't endorsements. Right. But like, 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 I feel like if there had been a much tighter connection between the two, if there had been like we repeatedly had dinners together and spent the night at our retreat for like a whole, I'm like, no, you're doing something that basically anybody can book with a lot of money. Like, I yes. could go to an ashram in India if I had like just a hundred thousand dollars to spare for my lodging expenses, time off work, and all that shit, right? Like, yeah, I mean. Exactly. And, and, you know, just like you and I could spend the few hundred bucks or maybe a thousand bucks with travel and lodging and all that included to go to Comic-Con, um, that's all it takes. And then you can stand in front of a celebrity while they talk. 
get a picture and be like, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, your picture with the Laker girls doesn't mean you're fucking them, right? Exactly. So, it makes me want to actually look at or Google, like, just a list of celebrities who have, like, other people who have gone and done, like, in that lane that he took. They're like, pay $2 million and see the Dalai Lama in Tibet or whatever. Um, yeah, and I'm sure, like, I mean, and I don't want to cheapen it, right? Like, I'm sure it's not, like, pay for play exactly, but I'm sure it's, like, right. probably, like, they write a letter. It's probably, like, there's, like, an application process, right? Like, yes. you write a letter and you go, hi, dear sir, you know, with all due respect, please come to Santa Fe. I booked the Lensic in your honor. Yeah. Because, um, like, because, like, Imagine that we actually decided to do this, Let's right? Do For it. just two seconds, you mm. and I decided to form We Heart Dalai Lama and Santa Fe LLC, right? Uh -huh. And we go and we incorporate and we do this and we start going around the city of Santa Fe, passing the hat. I guarantee you, guarantee we would, we would you, for like our goal, GoFundMe, is to get the Dalai Lama to Santa Fe. You and I would be able to raise that money. Yeah. Just by doing that. With nobody knowing who the fuck we are, we could do that, raise that money, write him a letter and go, we want you here so bad, we did this GoFundMe, he would do it. Yeah. Because it, it sounds peaceful and beautiful, right? Exactly. And, so like, and we have a large Tibetan community. Like we have, if Santa Fe right. has like very, a very disproportionately large Tibetan community. So it'd be a great thing to do for everyone involved and we could do it. Yeah. It could be like, we just wanted it to go viral. We just wanted it to be fun. Yeah, we exactly. just wanted, you know, there's so much negativity in Santa Fe and in the world. We just wanted to uplift people's spirits with yeah. a symbol of peace and harmony in exactly. the entire world. Let's, Let's bring the Dalai Lama to Santa Fe for no other reason than he's not going to be visiting a creepy criminal this time. He's going to be seeing some nice, lovely people who'd love to see him for real, legitimate reasons. I mean, I, I don't kind of want to be like, like, but I think to that point, right, like, the amount of vetting that I think people should be doing when they're in those positions is kind of important, given, for example, that just this week, Donald Trump, oopsie, met with Nick Fuentes, oh, yeah, right? white supremacist, because he was Kanye's guest. Right, which right? is, yeah, so weird. Can, can, you, can you totally refresh me on Nick Fuentes? He is the guy who's, was he like one of the, was he the guy who was on one of the vice founders? Was that? him no that was that was gavin mcginnis oh, okay. or something the like that i forgot guy. that guy's name gavin something yeah okay. he was he gavin went proud boys oh. nick fuentes went i don't know if he also went proud boys he, he was one of those but rhetoric he was at the unite the right rally in charlottesville oh. like the intense wanna... tiki torch marches oh, situation that Got so it. I don't okay. remember which org he specifically was with, and I'm not going to Google that. But it was just, you know, Shitheads LLC. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Proud Shitheads LLC. Um, yeah. And uh, so he's been, and he got booted off of Twitter some long oh. time ago okay. for also for being a dickhead. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, has always just been involved in these, like, right-wing rallies, probably... I don't know what his status was on January 6th, if he was there or not, but he was, if he wasn't, then he was definitely running an angry live stream at home. Right. Or wishing about he it, was there. You know, right. Wishing he was there, but he can't because he's got a couple felonies or some shit like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's probably something like that. Yes. Um, but he's, he's like Milo Yiannopoulos, like that oh. idiot, right? So okay. Like, it's just like, they're kind of that popular kind of online. Yeah. That kind of a crew. So they're popular online and thus they get to, you know, coattail dick ride, the celebrity of the moment, right? Yes. So this case, Kanye, right? So 
Um, they get to follow him around like his puppy dog, sure. Yeah. Um, and so because it's Kanye who has access to Trump, not them, right? right? Which is not exactly such a because weird, even yeah. Trump's handlers, I think, kind of know eh, probably not the person you want to invite. But like in this case, there were probably just like it's Kanye. He's gonna do whatever the fuck, and so like that's that's still their problem you know but um but i I do think he was kind of i'll say i don't want to say trump was victim to that because but i think it was kind of a victim to the same thing where like they get too comfortable thinking that like someone's reputation that people are vouching for each other like again keith ranieri did have an aspect of legitimacy to him when all of this was happening right like yes the (laughs) accusations were there but the veneer of legitimacy was also still there Yes. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me for there to have been some, like, highfalutin, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, who's like, I heard about the Nexium self-actualization thing, and I wrote about it in my stupid magazine, and everyone seems to love it. Dalai Lama, you should support their spirit of peace and love, too, just like I do with my goop and my vagina candle, right? right. Like, it seems, it doesn't seem implausible also in this, like, kind of weird backwards reality we have now where even the Dalai Lama gets to be a bit of a celebrity, right? He's not an international true. political figure, exactly. At least right? not anymore, um, yeah. Not in the same way. There's yeah. something about it that also feels like a brand, right? Like, yeah. which is weird. It's weird, like, because that's what politics is now, because even politicians have to have a brand. And, 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 and uh, the Dalai Lama, for example, I mean, obviously, you know, as well, is like a very different person globally and within China and like within certain countries, even in the in the region. Like he's a to- he's a different person. He represents something different depending on where you are. And here in the United States, mm-hmm. he's basically like, you know, making sure you have the right brand of sneakers when you're like praying if you're like in the new age world. So like and that's why. OK, here's he, an article from 2009. Yes. Yes celebrities Dalai Lama mm. come together yes. for Prince Charles's new rainforest video. Okay, what's up with Prince an Charles? Ar- <laughs> yeah, an array of celebrities have appeared alongside Prince Charles and an animated frog in oh. a film to highlight the dangers of deforestation. The stars, including actor Harrison Ford and football legend Pele, appear in the video to pledge their support to the prince's rainforest project. AKA PRP. Swear to God, they even added the acronym of the Prince's Rainforest Project. I'm on the Huffington Post, Thank by you. the way. That's a great. Other point. famous faces appearing in the film include James Bond actor Daniel Craig, oh. comedian Robin Williams, oh. as well as the Prince of Wales's sons, Princes William and Harry. Okay. What happens in the rainforest has an immediate and powerful effect on our lives, explained actor and longtime environmental campaigner Harrison Ford. Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford, Pele, Robin Williams, Prince William, Prince Harry, the Dalai Lama, and others that is teamed a, up with Prince, yeah. Prince Charles on this video promoting the conservation. You know, is that why the Dalai Lama has so much profile? Is because he constantly does make appearances with people of like A plus level profile, like, and he's ascended to that kind of like global A plus celebrity profile. Because he does a lot of. Sp- Speaking. So here's one. Okay. And it's generally so like no one's on... yelling at the Dalai Lama for being like, you're being too peaceful and this is bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're too calm. Dress. They're going to start attacking him for being at a drag drag kids reading or something. Yeah, exactly. You're too Okay. Sweet. So 
I am now on MSN at a photo gallery that mm. is explaining, here's a photo gallery of famous people meeting and interacting with the Dalai Lama. So, wow, did they read our mind? Okay, <laughs> so um, in one photo, he is with actor Forrest Whitaker at the Starkey Hearing Foundation Center for Excellence in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, June okay. 23rd, 2017. Okay. So there's like an example of like where, right, like, the Starkey Hearing Foundation Center for Excellence. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's literally the like the Montgomery Burns Award for Outstanding Achievement in Excellence shit that he gave to Homer. Like, let's like without like I don't know who they are. Is Starkey the hearing aid they, company? Is that that Starkey? Starkey. I mean, it must be because it's the Starkey Hearing Foundation okay. Center for Excellence. It must be their nonprofit yeah. wing, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I that's funny. So they have Forrest Whitaker and the Dalai Lama together for this event, mm. right? So, like, so imagine this, right? So I'm the Starkey Hearing Foundation Center in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and I have put out this event. I'm going to have the Dalai Lama confirmed, Forrest Whitaker confirmed, mm -hmm. our president, and maybe even vice president of marketing going to be giving speeches, right? Kay. We're going to have awards for best employees. Wow. We're going to recognize the retirees, right? Wow. What guarantee can the Starkey Hearing Foundation Center for Excellence in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, <laughs> guarantee to the Dalai Lama that there will be nobody problematic there with whom he can take a picture? I know for a fact that <laughs> I know for a fact that the two major hearing aid companies that exist, which I only know of the details of, which is a very strange thing for you to hear me say. I only know because I had I had an ex-girlfriend who worked at a hearing aid company and sold these things. Um, I know for a fact that those companies contribute hugely to nonprofit things like more like disproportionately than most other corporations they're like big mm -hmm. into like teaching signing and, and all, all the things that come along with hearing impairment they're like really big into that and even like giving away free units to, you know elderly and such <laughs> so i know that on the face of it as a consumer in the world thinking like oh my grandfather has that hearing aid company and then you know they have they're doing they're giving away to good causes on the surface i'm saying i'm googling them i'm the dalai lama's talent agent or whatever his equivalent mm -hmm. and i'm saying yeah this looks right and i'm looking at like you know the other people that are going to be in attendance and i'm seeing harrison ford or no excuse me i'm seeing forrest whitaker um oscar-winning actor of uh a humanitarian uh, the activist sort of film, I mean, that drama, what was it, Last King of Scotland, that really was trying to shine a light on some past events that hadn't really got so much of a light shined on them. He is a man, I know of causes, Forrest Whitaker. I know that he's a man of causes. Um, I think you say, yeah. And I know that Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker may even be like an Eastern kind of, uh, kind of not religion maybe but like an eastern kind of uh thinker like into that kind of are you just saying that because you made ghost dog no i'm not saying it just because of ghost dog no i'm just being a I, I, i'm actually i am thinking <laughs> hold on way of the samurai hold on okay so 
Other people in this photo, in these photos with the Dalai Lama, include Indian yoga guru Baba Ramdev. I googled him real quick. I don't think he's problematic. He has some controversies, but they seem pretty tame as far as controversy sections on Wikipedia go. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I don't know. He apparently said that um, homosexuality can be cured by yoga. So I don't, you know, is is the Dalai Lama appearing in a photo? I'm just going to say Barbara this: Ramdev? homosexuality can only be enhanced by yoga. So that's correct. <laughs> He's wrong. The uh, I think we can all benefit from being more limber. Absolutely. Honestly, speaking from personal experience, yoga was a wonderful practice, and on a visit want. to India he met US House of Representatives minority leader then minority leader Nancy Pelosi that was in 2017 in Indianapolis Indiana on June 26 2016 who did he meet Lady Gaga oh Lady Gaga is she interesting that's very interesting oh you know, he must not really think that weird butt perversion is a sin because here in 2016, hmm. he shakes hands with Richard Gere. Richard Gere. What has he been in? Okay, okay, okay. Here's here's one. Here's one to blow your mind. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. He Here he is pictured with a poet. Not just any poet, but the punk poetess of the 70s that's right singer patty smith Smith. but where are they meeting where did these two individuals come together on stage that is right at the glastonbury festival of music and performing arts in somerset england on june 28th 2015 glastonbury Mm -hmm. as they say over there so 2015 who else must have been there uh the maroon five guy adam levine was there why? Because he's always everywhere, and he—I bet you he's, he's the Dalai everywhere. Lama. Yeah. Um, the Arctic Monkeys were there. Let's see. They had Glastonbury to be. Glastonbury Festival 2015. Robbie Williams was there. Robbie Williams had the to be Dalai there. Lama, whose sets did he go to? Let's see. Let's see. Line up. He might. And like I'm also Robbie gonna Williams. find where Patty Smith is, because you know that the people right around Patty Smith met the Dalai Lama because they were right on the stage and everyone was like, all right, everyone, you know, during Patti Smith's set, she has a really important, you know, it's like the Cypress Hill and the Philharmonic probably. So everyone's like on high (laughs) alert when the Dalai Lama's people don't send them to stage two, they got to come to stage three. They got to be wearing the gold armbands, bracelets, and they got to have their passes. If they don't have their passes, they're not with him. Yeah, they they're have to have their laminates. VIPs. They didn't pay extra. They have to stay just in general admission. Okay? So. Kathy, have Patty you run a Smith? festival? Because you, it sounds extremely authentic. <laughs> like, I haven't even run one for sure. Well, I, no, that's not true. I, I literally have. But it sounds realistic it sounds like you just got off your, you just clocked off your job at coachella <laughs> dude like... i have run coachella for years <laughs> you know all of the you know all of the like why did they put that band there that was me oh well that. cool that's a cool job hey that's a unique position that. to be in yes <laughs> okay yes. patty smith mm-hmm. played right after hosier wow okay sounds right for 2015 but right before Lionel Richie. 
I didn't know Lionel Richie was still like performing even in 2015. Well, he was in the 2015 Glastonbury Festival. So there is a very good chance that the Dalai Lama on stage with Patti Smith at 2.15 in the afternoon mm -hmm. met Lionel Richie, who was set to go on after Patti, or met Hozier, who were probably still packing up all their shit as they're exiting the stage. So I'm at around the exact same time of Patti Smith's performance was the water boys and mm -hmm. james bay and alabama shakes so what that tells us is that neither the water boys james bay or alabama shakes would have been able to meet the dalai lama yes because they were in the middle of their sets while he was there present now that's assuming that he's only there for that moment and then maybe leaves and uh -huh. people shuttle him off. But he may have stuck around, you know? I, I feel for like he'd spend I a few minutes. There for the entire thing. Yeah. He seems like a very, like, what would be the word for a guest who's gracious? Gra a grateful guest? A gracious guest? Can you work? I mean, usually it's a gracious host. <laughs> oh, no, wait, my bad. That was on Sunday. So, no, these are the different stages. I thought, mm. I, thought I was looking at the different state. I thought they listed one day and then all oh. the different stages what okay. they did is they listed all the stages on 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 they listed what happened on each stage on the different days so i got really confused by wikipedia's formatting here so my bad no okay. um on sunday is when he would have been there because that was the only day that she played so on sunday um he may have met uh, The Who, oh, Paul wow. Weller, Alt-J, Lionel Richie, Hozier, The Songhoy Blues, The Bertle Silver Band, The Chemical Brothers. Chemical Brothers. Because uh, they were on the second stage. They headlined second stage. Jamie T, Bell and Sebastian, Future Islands. That sounds problematic. No, I'm just I don't know. <laughs> Future Islands. Palma Violets, Adam Cohen, Soak, and Rival Sons. Franz Ferdinand was there on Sunday. Death wow. Cab was there. Charlie XCX. Oh. Diego Diego, always, but the always that spells it always. Um, like Traverches. <laughs> yeah, but you know who played the day before. You know who the real headliners were on mm -hmm. Saturday. Because, oh. you know, I don't know. If I were if I were the Dalai Lama and you were saying, hey, do you want to be on Glastonbury on Sunday? I'd be like, yeah, but... Can I just get like, can I get like a three day bracelet? Like, can I just be there all day, like all week? Because I mean, look at all those bands, right? <laughs> Wouldn't he want to promote his message of peace and love to exactly. all of these artists? And he's got a private plane. He can tell him just to stay in the hotel for a couple more days before they get back, and you know, push his schedule around. He's got time. Mark Ronson was there on Friday. <laughs> Chronics. <laughs> Alabama Shakes, Mary J. Blige, Motorhead, The Libertines, and Florence on, and The Machine. Okay. That's Friday, though. We're only warming up. Are you ready for so, what was there on Saturday, the day before? Okay. So how about this, though? Real quick. So far, who is the most deserving to meeting the Dalai Lama of all those people in that in that list? Who do, Who's the most deserving? I definitely think so far, Patty Smith. Okay. I agree. <laughs> her, her righteous anger and... Her 40-year career. <laughs> yeah. 40-year... Yeah, just poetry and you know <laughs> po po you know i think i've told you these jokes about about my uh about my uh my desire for like a coffee house open mic 
like spoken hmm. word here. Okay. It's totally. I really. Where would you really want to do a skit? I don't anywhere. Okay. I really want a skit where like I want to get all my friends who like come up and do like poems about trees. Yes. But I'm gonna do a poem about leaves. That's just kind of it's like a diss track on trees, but like how like leaves are much much better. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, and I think that uh, I want to be there whenever that happens. Okay, so um, who was there on Saturday? Well, um, there was apparently the Britpop stage where you have like the Sleaford mods and the pop group, Jesse Ware, Death from Above, and Suede. All oh, that's the John Peel stage. That all makes Oh, sense. I love Jesse Ware. She's awesome. <laughs> the John Peel stage. <laughs> I'm making fun of myself here. Okay, and then um on other stage, that's right, maybe. Maybe the Dalai Lama came in on the Saturday afternoon in time to catch the Saturday headliners, in which case he okay. might have seen the Maccabees, Ben Howard, or Dead Mouse. Oh, Dead Mouse, wow. Or he stayed for the main stage, where who was playing? Courtney Barnett, the Waterboys, George Ezra, Burt Bacharach, Paloma Faith. Wait, hold on, top two. Who was on after Paloma Faith? Who's opening for the headliner? Pharrell Williams. Ooh. And the headliner. Holy shit. Who is the headliner? Yeah. None other than Kanye West. No shit. Yeah. Man, I have to say, like, we've experienced, uh, apart from any other coincidences that we've experienced in our time doing this podcast, we've experienced such amazing content synchronicity. It's, like, truly... It's like we don't even have to look that far, and it just comes right back to where we started. It's great. I love that. It's okay, like so we've been gifted. The next celebrity mm -hmm. pictured with the Dalai Lama is an actress, a famous actress. Okay. Um, this meeting occurred at the California Science Center in los angeles california so okay. the california science center definitely like a you know like a like a science museum they have an auditorium very pretty okay uh, probably rented out by the lourdes foundation oh because they were hosting an event called leadership in the 21st century so the lourdes foundation hosting leadership in the 21st century at the california science center which actress do you believe in 2014 was pictured with the Dalai Lama welcoming him to the stage with a courteous, gracious bow? Actress. Actress, what year? One more time. 2016? 2014. Oh, 2014's actress. 2014's actress. 2014's actress worthy of well and of noting and is this is this related to the artist the musical artist lord or is this like no a, no okay just it just it's like the lordis foundation okay. it has a lordis um is l o u r d e s without okay. googling them that that name to me brings to mind a very catholic sensibility okay but it would seem weird that a catholic organization would be inviting the Dalai Lama to a science center, but maybe that's like the whole deal, right? Where it's like a secular institution, okay. and like it's like, but this is like our message of peace, Catholics, and, and we're uh, sharing coexistence, and we love everyone, the or something, of you know? Our faith. Yeah, 
message of love and peace, you know, common theme. That's a reason for him so to I'm get on a private a Twitter, jet. I'm going to do a Twitter uh, tweet about this. I'm going to um, describe this image as I have described it to you. A woman in a bowing pose reading the Dalai Lama. So you can see the photo. I don't, I, and what's funny is that like looking at the photo, I wasn't, like I didn't, I couldn't immediately guess who it was. In the other photos I could. In this one, I was like, who is this? And then I saw, and then I was like, oh, okay. But you might be able to recognize them. Nonetheless, it will defy probably whatever guesses you may have had. Like what, what may have been some of your guesses prior to seeing the photo? Um, uh, the hold on i haven't seen the photo yet um well don't see it don't see it okay. who, who might you think is meeting the dalai lama well at the california science center in 2014 it's a big time uh you know oh perfect i know who it would be it would be um jane fonda okay good guess good guess not jane fonda take a look at the photo okay Wait, was I supposed to put that in the Google? Put it on the timeline. Oh, sorry. Clicking on the thing again. On the same day, he met another more recognizable celebrity. Whoa, what? No. Is that Ellen? Wait. No, no not Ellen. I can't see the. It's sorry. But it is a blonde lady with an Ellen haircut. Yes. yes. That's, that's the issue here. Let's see. That is. That's why it wasn't immediately recognizable, but I knew it wasn't Ellen when I saw her. I just had no idea who it was. Tilda Swinton was my other guess, but it's not Tilda Swinton. Nope. Do you want to guess who it, I'll tell you who it is now? You need to tell me who that lady is, please. That is Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone Wife looks better Ace now. Rothstein, <laughs> pussy showing in Basic Instinct, Sharon Stone. Does Sharon Greeting. Stone have a long legacy of, like, uh, uh, Buddhist tradition or something in her I past? Or? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know why she was chosen. For all I know, she was being honored by the Lourdes Foundation at the same time. You hmm. know, maybe she has a I, maybe she has a charitable thing for kids' hospitals. You yeah. know, like, I, I mean, I'm making shit up because, like, all of that seems plausible, right? Like, why would these two individuals be meeting? Either she's greeting him, she's the MC, maybe. Uh, she's being honored alongside with him on do leadership you, in the 21st century. Do you know about? Okay, the, so you know who else was at this event? Yes. Who's that? Larry this? King. Okay, he 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 he's met. You know what? I respect the meeting of two people who have met a lot of extremely important people in their life, and I think that that's a good thing. And then Larry King was whatever. He, Larry King. Other attendees at the Lourdes event at the California Science Center, from which they seem to be pulling a lot of these photos, um, is Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, she's cool. She, uh, Oh, she narrated the planetarium. Uh, like, she did the voiceover when I went to the Hayden Planetarium for the 25-minute planetarium show. She narrates that at, in New York City. That's crazy. Yes. Ava Longoria. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Renner. 
the three of them together Jeremy are with Ren. the Dalai Lama. Yeah. I guess because he's like, maybe he's into like Buddhism too, but he's an Avenger. I mean, he must do Maria charitable Shriver stuff. was there. This wasn't, again, this was the, all the same event, 2014. This is a star-studded gala because Maria Shriver, the former wife of Arnold Schwarzenegger, yes. was there. And yes. to Kennedy herself. I actually forgot they were divorced. Oh. Mm. Burmese politician and Nobel Peace Prize laureate Aung San Suu Kyi before a 2000 conference focusing on societies in transition being hosted in the in the Czech Republic in 2013. Interesting. Prince Charles, that, that was probably around the time of the rainforest video. Prince Charles, if you've ever seen Tom Goes the Mayor. I'm sorry. Just can't. On June 16th, 2012, mm -hmm. the Dalai Lama attended an event called Real Change Happens in the Heart. <coughs> this happened in Manchester, England. You know who else was present there with the Dalai Lama at this event on June 16th, 2012 in Manchester, England? That's Manchester. right. None other than comedian Russell Brand. Yeah, that makes sense. He was being like very like, I'm spiritual mate at that time, you know. It looks like here he is being interviewed by Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Um, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. That's when you're doing an American media tour. You got to hit up The View. You got to talk to Whoopi. You're going to talk to Diane Sawyer. You're going to talk to Whoopi. You're going to talk to maybe Barbara. If she's still a week she's later, still he meets with Barack Obama in the White House, and there they are having a respectful dialogue over tea in what is probably not the Oval Office, but one of those reception rooms that they keep for shit like that. Mm -hmm. uh, um, in 2008, do you think they're talking um, about politics? The wife do you think of Nicholas Sarkozy oh. goes travels to a Buddhist temple. Oh, they meet at a Buddhist temple in France. I guess he's there. So he came to visit, and the first lady went to go meet him, and German Chancellor Angela Merkel. And, oh, here's someone who's not problematic in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Former U.S. President George W. Bush in 2007. Oh, because that was when the Dalai Lama was presented with the Congressional Gold Medal. Hmm. <sighs> Okay, so so that means the American government, politically speaking, has made an official, what's the word, like... Recognition of Tibet? Recognition of Tibet. I mean, that's for sure. And that's huge. And that still remains. Um, Justin Trudeau. So that means that in the United States... Muhammad least, Ali. Wait. Really? Yeah, he's a worthy he's a worthy man to meet. In two thousand three, he was shaking his hand, and they are at a Buddhist temple in Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington. <laughs> yeah, I spent some time there. There's a there's a really uh, very Bardot large in nineteen ninety eight. Very large Tibetan community in Bloomington, Indiana. And of course, with Nelson Mandela, this photo taken in nineteen ninety six. So he went from Nelson Mandela to Angela Merkel to Russell Brand. <laughs> to eventually Keith Ranieri. 
Yeah. So remember, that's how we got here. I'm, I'm just so, thinking of... How deep, Ryan, does this rabbit hole go? I think that if how you have... How deep do you think Keith Raniere is in world politics? Do you think that he met Angela Merkel, the wife of I President that, Nicolas Sarkozy? I think that you and I need to spend some time asking some questions about nixium and keith rainieri but not the lurid ones that we already kind of know the details of we already know it's crimes have been committed sentences all been landed it's the case is closed right everyone's in jail who's going to be in jail or whatever that's it so patty smith your silence on keith rainieri is loud yes at this point i'm asking Definitely. the questions of not only just who else knew keith rainieri is like a dude around albany because here's the thing if he lived in Albany and he was living the good life, and in the documentary he speaks about how Albany is like a good city, which means that he was a real municipalitarian here. He was going around, he was hitting up all the things, he was going to all the local nonprofits and all the, the theaters and stuff, living the high life on, with all his money. Even though he looks like a bum in all those videos, that's only because he was being filmed inside his own house. So I try to think of that a lot. But he, when, when he was out, you know, he was like wearing his collared shirts and stuff as he is pictured in those magazines. He's looking like Keith Raniere businessman. And so as he's going about town and he's going to the opera and he's going to, you know, I don't know, whatever they have in Albany, the, the, the ballet, the, the symphony and such. A lot of people around knew him as just Keith, right? Mm -hmm. Which leaves, I think, a lot of room for interviews about Keith, who they knew him as just this weird dude who, like, wouldn't shut the fuck up about Nixium. And I think that um, I... I I want to make that happen somehow. I want to talk to those people. I want to know about the, the, you know, not just what the documentary, he's obviously a horrible monster, but I also want to know about like who he presented himself as when he was just like, I don't know, drinking a beer, you know, waiting for the show to start or whatever. Or like when he went to New York city and he was going to Broadway shows or whatever, or trying to hobnob with people trying to get celebs to join Nixium or whatever you know you want you want your big leader to come out and like hobnob with you like what was he doing and like normal person I have a very hard time picturing Keith as a dude doing regular stuff because I feel like no one would ever take him seriously I th he had to be around well I don't know but maybe we'll have a better picture of that if I was going to be a citizen journalist as you mentioned in the previous episode that would be something that I would like to know is um what was his public persona like to normal people who he wasn't like trying to pull the trick on when he was just uh, a regular dude? I don't know. Because how did he pull it off in the Dalai Lama? Well, no. Um, you know, I feel like this is, I, I mean, I do feel like this is part of like what his whole scam was, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, I feel like, uh, you know, there's always this like line and, Law and Order SVU and shit like that, like these cop shows that it was like, don't worry that you fell for it. Like, we fell for it too. He had us all fooled, right? Like, I think there is an aspect of that that's true, right? That um, serial killer, I mean, because I've been watching a lot of these true crime <clears throat> shit oh, stories. Oh, me too. I just too haven't brought it up yet. Yeah, like I've been that, watching right? a million of them. Yeah. Um, but like, this is, this is part of like, um, you know, like the Jeffrey Dahmers or the like Ted Bundy's and the John Wayne Gacy's and the bind torture kill guy, right? It's like they hide behind this like facade of being normal, the kind of guy or person who looks 
non-threatening, avuncular, like the kind, like, like the BTK guy, he was like a church pastor or something, like some shit like that. He was like in the youth group or some shit like that. So like, it was, he was literally the kind of dude where in these small towns, if like he pulled over and saw a young girl from the church who needed a ride, she was going to be, yeah, I'll get into the car because you're the youth pastor. You're not the like crazy ranting raving lunatic that society has told me I'm supposed to be scared about. You're the person I'm supposed to trust. So yes, I'm gonna get in the car with you. And I think that's essentially what Keith Raniere was doing. He was being the like safe. I'm not like yes. other guys. I'm sent. I mean, I don't think it's an accident that there were so many women involved yes. in the Nexium thing. He was basically like the only dude, which should have been their real cue that something was amiss, right? Because there, what he's signaling is I can be the only man in charge around here. Um, yes. Which again, should already give it this like creepy vibe, I think, right? So, but I think that's what he was selling it as. Like, this is a safe space for women. I like understand this because I'm like an educated, elevated being. And, you know, I'm not, yeah, like you're, husband and your boyfriend will never understand your menfolk family will never understand like this is like some new highfalutin new age shit come over here where it's safe and there's all these people who are like yeah i'm fucking desperate for meaning in this empty shell of a world we exist in let me let me go take some yoga classes with fucking keith ranieri yeah it, it is um but I do think other people, like, I think other dudes would have found him weird, to your point. That's, like, what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So here's, here's the thing. We know that Keith Raniere is a big fan of video games. That's a fact. It, he references video games multiple times in just the documentary itself. In, it must be in his, like, little speeches he would give, or, you know, that Nancy would copy or whatever. Um, let me, Okay. So he had, like, opinions and thoughts. He was a poster, is what I'm getting at. He was a poster. And it might not have posted as people knowing it was Keith, right? But he had to be a poster somewhere. Mm. Had mm. to. If, if not, then it, it back in the old days, and he had to be into the internet, probably just not as himself. But in the old days, what about BBSs and stuff? Um. That's, that's findable. Because when he was doing yeah. when he was doing consumer byline, he could have been advertising that shit on BBS, and you could search that. Then he could find his username. That's there we go. I just talked it into fruition. That's my Dude, project. Yeah, really. you know he's he's probably like on a bodybuilding forum somewhere, tell, like yeah. you know being like, <laughs> oh, like check out like yeah, you can talk about muscle gains, but what about your spiritual gains, bro? <laughs> He was hanging. And actually, then, like, it's a volleyball form, someplace like that. And then being like, "Oh, I guess I can't market this to these suckers. I have to market it to something else, you know, yeah. or whatever." And I think that no, I think that's a good point. I think all that Keith really with well, I don't want to. I feel like Nancy is, and I was going to ask you the question after watching the documentary about two episodes before the end. I was very convinced that Nancy was like very much a victim, and is this as much as almost anyone else? especially by the end when she really breaks down and kind of recognizes that herself, like and lets herself recognize that I found that pretty mm -hmm. touching, especially considering the fact that she, you know, knew she was going to go to jail for it and everything. But uh, anyway, um, I feel like everyone who he encountered was like a victim 
of his. Like his lifestyle was victimizing people, even though ironically that was like his thing is like number line rule number three of Nixium. Like don't allow yourself to become a victim. Keith's number three rule. Like it's an incredible story because it was allowed to exist for so long. Um, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to look away from because so many people knew about it for so long. People in celebrity... <laughs> and and they, there were articles written about it in big magazines, like front page articles. That what Fortune, was it? Or Forbes? Um, like noticing... Like seeing that in the documentary and then seeing it was like 10 years later before there were or eight years later before there were like criminal charges is very strange because all the crimes were already kind of like uh, it was 2009, I believe, that that article came out. And by then, like there was like all those witnesses, the, the magazine interviewed all those people and verified their stories and such. And, you know, it was a long time. It wasn't until was it India or Sarah that gave up the information for the New York times? Like who was it? Sarah. And then India was, still I don't remember, inside. but someone did. Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was Mark and Bonnie. That's who it was. Oh, right. The, the guy was the uh, filmmaker guy in the yes. first place. The, yes. the, what the bleep guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Vicente. And uh, see, yeah. So, so like, I Star think Wars like that's lady. a, yeah, like I think like the the what the bleep guy I think is like kind of like a actually a kind of like a good example of how few dudes were pulled into this. Yeah. And how the dudes that were were already kind of on that new agey kick anyway, right? Cuz he had already made that film when he got involved with Next. Yeah, and it's like a whoa, right? hey, so, stonery kind of like film and that's like his brand. That's a Keith. Yeah, like it was literally like a film version of Magnets. How do they work? <laughs> Totally. Right? Like, yes. He even made a sequel to it. Yeah. But, you know, like, but that's fine because, like, there is, like, wonder and mystery in the yeah. universe. And totally. there are people who, like, use that as, like, some kind of, like, guiding star compass to, like, my, my life doesn't have meaning. I live in this shitty suburb. I'm trapped in a shitty marriage or. I hate my job or I really shouldn't have majored in communications because now I can't find a job. Right. Like those were the, again, that's like the group of women he was targeting. Yes. Those are the kinds of women that he was like really focused on getting the yeah. Nexium word out to. Right. Um, it also, I noticed it wasn't like, it wasn't exactly city people. There's something about that that I also noticed that it was like, it these are like, like suburban moms. Yes, like city As transplants, maybe. As opposed to, like, maybe. smart, yeah. They weren't, like, I say smart. Like, I mean, like, city smart. I mean, like, smartly dressed, and they were, like, you know, advertising yes. executive. I mean, that they might have pulled some of those people in, I'm sure. something about pulling but... those Vancouver actors that is much like pulling in, like, a country bumpkin compared to pulling them in from, like, the big city. Like, you know, NYC or LA. So Scientology has the fucking monopoly on that one. You yeah, know? that's why they're, they're not in Sarasota. Break into that market. Right. So, like... I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that that's also anyway, the, what the bleep guy I think is like kind of indicative of that, that you had to have already kind of been on some kind of new agey kick. And I think then Keith Rainieri didn't see him so much as like another, like not just like an, I don't think he saw him as like competition. 
anyway, which is why he was allowed to stick around because that was a dude who actually believed in all of like these new age. Yeah, he wasn't anyway. trying to be. He wasn't going to go around. He wasn't trying to take <laughs> Keith's position. He was like, "Whoa, I, I could never become close to Keith." It, that, in his mind, that was his protection. I, in fact, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised so if Keith did that on threat, purpose. That dude could stick around. Yeah, Keith kept himself ten miles above everyone tricks. else. Because that way, no one else would even think that they could, you know, usurp his role ever, ever, ever. So, I mean, we're, we are kind of lucky that it never came to, like, physical violence in some way. Like, actually, like, murdering someone or someone being, like, yeah. I mean, beyond shot. the branding. Yeah. yeah you know be, I mean, I mean but, like, yeah, like. But, I mean, that's what was fucked up about the branding, right? Was that, like, they did do it to themselves. It was, like, the women inflicting that to yeah. other women. Like, he, it was, like, a Manson thing where he Very himself much. never actually held the brand, right? I wouldn't like, be surprised if the prosecutor used some kind of reference from that case to prosecute mm -hmm. Or maybe if there's, I don't know if there's any other, like, similar cases to, like, the, like, uh, Manson-style, like, crime. You're kind of convincing someone over a long period of time to like do weird things that they'll do for you i mean probably actually interestingly this is i mean and i don't know but i try to think about it like uh, maybe this is where like the origins of these like rico charges started to come up right where mm. like you know mob bosses didn't need to get their hands dirty for them to be responsible for the murder you know like um I, I don't need to be like I could, you know, like even the, you know, all this shit in the movies even is, you know, it's kind of real. I don't need, yeah, you know, I could be behind bars and still run this gang. Um, they go out because I'm telling people what to do. They're following my orders, right? Like, um, and but they're they're following my orders to do something illegal. Therefore, it's a conspiracy, right? They're not, they're not just like, hey, I. Fuck, dude, I'm in jail. I forgot to... Can you go pick up my dog? Like, yeah, you might be following orders, but there's nothing illegal about that, right? As opposed to, like, hey, dude, can you go get my dog and then take it to this dog fighting ring? Like, that's kind of different. <laughs> like, <laughs> one is you doing me a favor. The other one is a criminal conspiracy, you know? like. <laughs> By the way, yeah. Um, where you'll be dropping this dog off, don't ask too many questions. Right, yeah, like, just for your own safety, bro. Like, yeah, just, it's a, yeah. Let's keep this all a theoretical scenario between us. It's just, uh, but someone will take the dog and... I, w I love my dog too much to ever put it in any harm, let alone try to fight it. Are you kidding? This oh, is why it's, like, always leashed. Like, no, this, like... this wonderful, beautiful dog. Oh, I love her. I think she has to go out there real quick, so let me... Okay, so here, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let's take a let's let's pause. Yes. And we can cut pause. this bit out. Cause um here in about ten minutes or so I'm supposed to get a phone call. Okay. It should be pretty short. It should be like maybe a 15, 20 minute phone call, probably about that. Okay. Um and then it's done. So we can just come back and keep doing okay, this cool. bullshit. Um, no more recording.
was on TV for work. Yeah. So there was a uh, there was a recently a government meeting of a kind that was live broadcasted to all of the residents of the area, okay. and uh, we made it onto the news. So we were on KOB TV for a little bit. Really. Um, which is actually kind of a big deal because usually we're only making waves in our little corner of New Mexico, but KOB is statewide, so it's kind of cool to, uh, you know, to, to know that these little these little things we do in our daily lives, like, they do have impact. I right? think it's, uh, no matter, you know, I think this is even the lesson of Twitter, God help us, yeah, that every to, yeah. single thing they do has impact. So be careful and be mindful of the shit you're doing and saying. Yes, don't be don't be rude to me or Kathy, please. I appreciate that. Mm-mm. One day, your photo of you standing next to the Dalai Lama will be deci- dissected <laughs> on somebody's podcast, guaranteed. <laughs> like some podcast exactly like ours, perhaps. Um, did you hear? that uh, here are two bits of information I bet you didn't hear. Did you know that Shanghai Disneyland shut down? I don't know what that implies. No. But Shanghai Disneyland, oh, let me move the microphone since I'm actually reading an article here. You should hear my voice. Shanghai Disneyland suddenly shut down Monday with guests inside, just like it did a year ago. In order to follow the requirement of pandemic prevention and control, Shanghai Disney Resort, including Shanghai Disneyland, Downtown, and Wishing Park, Park Wishing Star Park will be closed starting Monday, October 31st, 2022, with immediate effect. Before leaving, guests underwent expedited COVID testing and all results were negative, according to Disney spokesperson who added that all guests have since left the park. The resort is offering refunds and exchanges. So uh, I guess I didn't realize it was shutting down. I should have read further into the article, but I did know it was COVID. Um, I had... I was at a Disney park when COVID like news when the first i was like looking at my phone i was like oh cool like i'm at a theme park when they say to like close your doors and hide inside um love that love that for us okay but i'll say this as far as like lockdowns are concerned, oh i don't i, I don't think it's a bad thing I, yeah I, no i mean no i mean like as far as like places to be locked down in, yeah right like um i feel like i would be annoyed if where i was locked in was like when I was like at the Best Buy trying to find a new iPhone charger. Yes. Like if that's where I was and that's where I had to be locked in, I would be very upset. I like the idea though. I mean, maybe not so bad because you'd have a lot of entertainment, right? I'd probably be like, cool, we're fucking opening this PlayStation 5. And they are full of food. They definitely are full of food. There's all those snacks and stuff by the... I think there are worse places. It's just, I'm just saying it, was, it wouldn't be my first choice, right? <laughs> I feel like Shanghai Disneyland actually would kind of be way up there on, like, a, if like if you presented a menu of options and that was one of them, I feel like that one would go pretty high up there. Best Buy would be maybe towards the middle, whereas like a you know empty refinery plant would definitely be at the very bottom. <laughs> you know, a Kroger would be nice if it had to be somewhere. Or no, uh, an Albertsons, excuse me. Well, they're about to be the same company, so never mind. Um, Tumblr allows nude images now. That's in the New York Times. That was worthy reporting in the New York Times. Here, Tumblr now allowing nude images. It surprised me that they weren't. Uh, Twitter seems to allow literally anything. 
and I didn't understand that that would be blocked. So apparently there was an era of t the the first era of Tumblr. It was like everything, basically. Mm -hmm. I say everything basically because of course it was also like not like the extreme shit, right? Yeah. But like you know you could you could have like a porn account, you know, mm -hmm. but aesthetic, you know, but like still right. like, you know, and then at some point Tumblr got bought or. Something, something happened. It changed ownership. I'm not totally sure. Something happened, and then it was like no nudity whatsoever, not a boob, not a nothing. Um, Have they and done that? People to were like, like I, as I recall, making jokes because it was like, oh, like they're gonna be like, is a Picasso band, and I'm like, that's not even a real titty, you know? <laughs> yeah, this isn't deviant art. Um. Yeah, you know. Um, but that was basically kind of what they were trying to do. Is they were trying to be like, we we don't want to be deviant art. Right. You know, um, take that shit to DeviantArt if you want to be DeviantArt, as I think maybe kind of the vibe they were going for. Maybe hmm. it was a little over. Seems like slicing off like, a part of your entire right, user well, base. Everyone's <laughs> yeah, but it also seems like now because everyone's leaving Twitter, I think they're just like, look, we're probably not even going to be able to moderate like normal boobs. So like, let's just let it go. Yeah. I mean, dropping okay certain. Yeah. Make sure let's focus more on like removing like the animal torture. And then, you know, we don't or care so much Nazis, about the Nazis, you know. Yeah, exactly. Not like the boobs. I mean, if the Dalai Lama is okay with Sharon Stone showing cooch on <laughs> film, I don't see what Tumblr is so uppity about. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's, that's how you sum up the entire conversation. That's analysis right there. I can there. put all that's, these articles... Right to the side. Hard-hitting cultural. That's it. That's what they pay us the big bucks for. Commentary. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I'm only a little high. Imagine if I were really fucking I high. know. Imagine if I had the articles that I actually prepared, like, 20 of today from yesterday's newspapers. <laughs> All these, like, perfect topical articles. Oh, maybe this is it. They slid behind the... Oh, and now Kathy's looking at my keyboard instead of me. There we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, now she's looking at nothing. Hold on. How do I go back to, well, we'll fix this. There I have no go. idea what happened. Okay, everything's fine. So, I was looking through the newspapers as I found all these items. Oh, Holocaust isn't trending on Twitter anymore. I think they took it off. The New Mexico was trending yesterday, though, and I'm always worried yep. whenever that happens. Did you see what happened? Did you see why? No, what was it? Oh, it's because Charlie Kirk was doing a speaking engagement at the University of New Mexico. Oh, so the word New and Mexico added the extra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know anything about the University of New Mexico other than it exists and it has a name and it, li and it lives in Albuquerque. Um, does, it ha does that university have leanings that direction where Charlie Kirk would be giving a speech? Um, so this is an interesting thing about UNM. Oh, um, okay. I feel like the answer is no, unequivocally. Oh, weird. However, okay. that said, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the right wing is really interested in booking and hosting speaking engagements there. Most recently, um, let's see, uh, one of like like uh, Tammy. Tammy, Tammy Lauer, Tammy Lautner, what's her fucking name? Lori. One of those fucking conservative Lori. stupid morons. 
Oh, t- Tommy, Tommy Lauren, Tommy. Yes, 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 yes. Tammy Lauren. Lor- yes, yes, her. We Thank got you. it. I really could not remember her fucking name. But her. <coughs> she had a she had a fucking booking engagement, a speaking engagement recently. A few years ago, Milo <coughs> Yiannopoulos was there. He he was he was like on the front lines of the first to get shut down there at UNM. Um, when I was in law school, they fucking invited Kenneth Starr. But it ha- they invited Kenneth Starr to speak at the law school, and they had booked him, I don't know how long in advance, because he had written a book, but it was right when Kavanaugh's fucking oh. uh, confirmation was happening. So they fucking canceled that speaking engagement. They rescheduled that fucking speaking engagement real quick, because I think they knew that there was already going to be protests yeah. around it. And then the fact that it was on top of the Kavanaugh thing. So they were like, nah. So, but they have had, for whatever reason, the right wing has been like, how do we get a speaking engagement at UNM? And it happens a lot. So it does not surprise me that they tried again. Cause just a couple weeks ago or like a month ago or something like that, there was something like that. But yeah, fuck them. Crazy. Well, thank you for filling me in. Now I know. Sometimes when I see New Mexico on the sidebar, I, I, I hesitate for a moment before I click on because I know it'll hit me eventually. Um, so here in the in the uh, yesterday's <coughs> Thursday, December first uh, news press here in the classifieds, someone wants a dock for a forty-seven foot catamaran, twenty-five foot beam, five uh, foot draft, seventy-two foot mast. Uh, they're looking for a short slash long-term rental, and you can uh, you can email them here. Uh, it occurs to me when I was reading that that perhaps not everyone knows like the boat terms for what those things mean, and I just thought that we could talk about that for thirty seconds. Kathy, you know your mm-hmm. ship terms. Tell me about beam. And, I know. Tell me about beam and draft. Beam and draft. Yes. Um, it's a beam, measurement. I think it's a measurement. Yeah, and let me give you the ra- the, the feet here on this catamaran to give you a clear picture, okay. and you can figure out what these are okay it's 47 feet long okay that's that much i can tell you it has a 25 foot beam and a five foot draft but before you say anything it has a 72 foot mast okay Mm -hmm. so i'm picturing the catamaran Mm -hmm. picturing well the mast of course is the one that goes straight up and down right beam i'm gonna say that the beam is tip to tip. The the beam is uh, the f- widest part to the widest part of port and starboard. So tip to tip. Yes. No port. No port. Yeah. Like a side to, to side. Tip, right? Yeah, like left to right. Okay. And then so it's forty seven feet, which would be tip to tip, and then it has a five okay. foot draft. Do you know what that is? Five foot draft. Yeah. Is that the like little T beam that comes off of the mast to hold the sail? Yes, that's how much water it draws. Is that little beam? The beams on the so how how much the beams the, the side beams are in the uh-huh. wa- are, are in the water? That is oh. that is how much beam it is. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's the same on any wow. ship, not just a catamaran. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Um, wow. And it has a seventy-two foot mast. I mean, that's obvious, but yeah. Huh. I believe that is the case. I just looked up a catamaran. Mm-hmm. I never I guess I never really knew what went on a catamaran. 
it's kind of like two boats in one, you know, usually it's uh, mm-hmm. kind of just set up like that. I'm seeing that's very wide, they right? Can, so it must have really good center of gravity. They're almost what I'm square seeing. usually or close to square. It's, it's a very, mm-hmm. yeah. A very big square. rectangle. Yeah, totally. Um, it is a cool one. It gives There's a it lot of really cool ones. Excellent stability. And it means that even on like one, two foot chop, you're going to be on the boat pretty level. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's good for cruising and they can get really big and really small. I, um, a friend of my parents actually built one over a period of years from by hand with like their family together and now charter it as like a kind of retirement job together. They all charter this boat and take people on sunset cruises on this catamaran. Yeah, I just looked up really smallest cool. catamaran. Yeah, I bet you you could have a one-person catamaran. Why not? Catamaran. I just tweeted an image of a catamaran. That looks like the kind of catamaran I would like. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like that. That's really um, DIY, and I love it. But the thing is, I feel like it's I actually could, extremely I practical. In a pool. I mean, you could, yeah. you could, someone could send that to you in a big box, and you could build it yourself. And I love that. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. thing that's actually really cool about that um, is that. That would be that. That doesn't one. It doesn't look too far from the go kart that I made and rode as a child, but also, um, like that is would be perfect for fishing in like way in the back. Like when you, because you know, I mean, that thing must draft like six inches of water. I mean, you could be in almost no water like fishing. So that's probably what it's for. Yeah, I think what I like about it is not just its portable size. I feel like I could fit it into my Volvo. And I could take it to Cochili Lake. Oh, yeah. That's just disassemblable for sure. That's You're fitting that in the backseat of a car. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm strapping that motherfucker to the, to the top of the fucking Volvo and that little chair and just go in the back. You're doing a single person fishing. You're just like, yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. I want it so bad. I've never been to the lake. I yeah, now I want it so bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the life right there. That's the life. When you're done with anything else you want to do in your life you just get a tiny little one person motorboat fishing vessel and you just go punk those worms in the lake and pull up trout what do they even have in there yeah whatever the fuck (laughs) i don't know i don't even know know they stock it they do stock it i I did read about that once um no they do uh and and actually um i have a funny story about that it's actually the second time that a fishing game warden has come up in conversation (laughs) but um Cool. I was once at a bar with a friend who works in government and we were talking about government work and we were kind of like blah 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 and at some point I said fuck the government mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because of course at that time we were both government <laughs> workers actually yeah and kind of important like I'll say in and in important locations like that are, are like sensitive government locations is all i'll say right yeah i'll tell you later but like um 
So, you know, we're having a good laugh. We're at the bar and the bartender's laughing along with us. And then there's this guy kind of just a couple of seats down and he goes, hey, I work for the government. And I like kind of toasted my glass at him and I was like, well, fuck you, too. (laughs) And my friend and I both start laughing because I was and and my friend then, of course, is like, oh, it's because we both work for the government, too. Right. Like it was like why it was funny. Right. Yeah. And uh, then, then, then we, then, then he started laughing along with us, and he was like, "Well, what department do you work for?" And then we we're like, "Oh, I work in," and he works in, and the guy, the guy who had joined in, he worked for the New Mexico Department of Fish and Game and as a game warden. And I was like, "Oh no, that's actually kind of important." I'm like, yeah, "I like that's a cool your job. job, yeah." And he that's goes, cool. "Well, I hate my job." <laughs> I assume he's chasing a lot of coyotes around and like uh, all that. That's what I assume. Because they're not supposed to be there, right? Yeah, I, it sounded like he had like an office job in, oh, in the like he was, was a warden, coyotes. but he had like office duties somehow. Okay. Okay. I don't really know what that meant. I think it was just, I think he was kind of lamenting that he wasn't out in the field as much. Maybe he's like you a know, supervisor. You know, because he had like he had, like he'd been there for a while, and he was probably like a supervisor now. Yeah, yeah and it was like you know a monkey's paw curl. Like yeah, yeah he got promoted, but <laughs> less in the field. Yeah, right. Got that crisp, cool air. Like, you know, it was yeah. kind of fun. Anyway, it was really neat. We had a really great conversation. And anyway, yeah. I recall that conversation very fondly because it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Anyway. I, I love I love uh, running into uh, random people out. Like, that's the fun of being in, like, a public drinking hole, as it were. Something like that. I would like to run into him again on my mini catamaran. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you are like, well, we uh, finished doing what we're doing forever. We were completely jaded now, and now it's time to just sit out here in our single-person catamarans fishing <laughs> by ourselves. And we, we might know where we ch- we're we both out here at the same time, but we're not looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, we're, and it's going to be like when you see someone again at the grocery store after you've already said hello, and you're, you're like, just going to uh, ignore each other. Yep. On it. Yeah, oh, we don't oh, even no, exist no, anymore. On. I'm definitely really trying to pick out the a co- tomato. The cool down hasn't reset yet, and I'm not ready to... <laughs> Two more turns before I can encounter this uh, acquaintance again in the home f- Whole Foods bar. Um, I was reading that there is a v- VIP entrance at the... Um, World Cup. Nice. I was also reading that. Um, let's see what's on the other side of this page here. I was it for that. Let's see. The new uh, form of protest in a lot of China is holding up a blank page of paper, which I found pretty fascinating. Basically, it was uh, just illustrating how as soon as the government comes up with a way to, like, uh, speak out and say like the symbol that you're using to protest us by the time they even get to that like the the movement has already moved on to um, another symbol it's pretty pretty fascinating story um they have completed filming on the sequel to fury road and anna taylor joy is playing furiosa not charlie's throne because it's a prequel it will be coming out in 2024. 
to minerals never seen on Earth were found in a 17-ton meteorite. What do you think about that, Kathy? Okay, minerals never seen before. What are what are their names? Never seen them. <laughs> yeah, they are. I'll read a little bit. Two minerals never seen on Earth before were discovered in a gigantic meteorite weighing 16.5 tons, offering researchers possible clues about how the rocks were formed. The new materials were found in a 2.5-ounce slice of the El Ali meteorite in Somalia, which was discovered in 2020 as the ninth largest meteorite ever uh, ever discovered, according to the University of Alberta, and we just have to take them for their word. Um, the meteorites are, oh, they're going to define meteorites for us. Meteorites are meteors that survive passing through the Earth's atmosphere and hit the ground. Interesting. So what do you call the ones that explode? Uh, not meteorites, I guess. Let's see. I don't know. I was recently at the uh, museum in New York that has all like the crazy gems display, or at least that's what was there. Oh, the was Museum of Natural History. Yeah, it was really cool. And the gems they had there included meteorites and, and like every known mineral or something like there, like every conceivable. I mean, even if it was like a tiny little speck like this, like they had everything that I, I mean, shit. There was, they listed that there was like 17,000 or something, double digits thousands, like known minerals. And they had like wow. as many as they could get. Um, pretty cool. You know what? They don't even name them except for, he names the, uh, the meteorite was an iron IAB complex meteorite. They haven't named it yet. Hmm. But what I learned looking at that display is that a mineral can be very different, even if it has the exact same content based on a lot of different things. When it cools, how hot it was, how long it takes to cool, um, all those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, if it was green or red, that determines things. <laughs> No, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but basically mm -hmm. like a million different things can affect what a mineral turns out to be in the end. And I didn't know anything about that until I walked through those doors and I had been through that display before. So, Okay. So when I was at my stupid little university or college, as it were, mm -hmm. um, in our freshman laboratory class, uh, we had to do this, uh, we had to do this reading where um, in the history of science where the science of chemicals and physics and atoms and all of this shit began, of course, it starts with chemistry, really. Alchemy yes. kind yes. of is bullshit, mm -hmm. but not as a science until chemistry, right? And, and our so, original chemists were alchemists, essentially. Yeah. Alchemists, really. Yeah, I mean, who else is discovering all of this shit about phosphorus, right? So... Um, but as a like, you know, Western discipline yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and all that shit. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, right. Exactly. For everyone at home, and, Kathy uh, just made the jerk off hand motion to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you probably and, uh, heard that in her voice. Though, so it's OK. Yeah, no, yeah, no, surely, surely. Um, one of the one of the like. So, like, the Greeks, one of the things they would do is whenever they were like, oh, we know that this is, like, an acid or a base because of the way it tastes. And so they would, like, uh, they would essentially eat a fucking, they'd take phosphorus and they'd eat it. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. So I'm getting a phone call. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. That happens. Oh, let me press stop. Oh, you're muted. Okay, that's fine. Don't worry, I can't hear anything. 
I was just looking at articles and stuff, and uh, so if you want a catamaran, you know where to go. Also, mm-hmm, I saw mm-hmm. this. Um, Amazon is going to continue to sell. We were talking about Kyrie Irving last week or maybe the week before, but Amazon is going to continue to sell that film that was you know linked to, um, mm-hmm. and they have stated their reasons as such. My explanation will follow, but... It's basically what they're saying. We have to allow access to those viewpoints, he said. The company has a significant group of people, uh, as well as a panel that looks at content and makes decisions about whether or not to remove it. Um, Let's see. As a retailer of content to hundreds of millions of customers with a lot of different viewpoints, we have to allow access to those viewpoints, even if they are objectionable. Objectionable and they differ from our particular viewpoints. Mr. Jassy said. And I think what they're doing here is the same thing that uh, YouTube and all the other kind of, like, he's basically saying Prime Video, which is like a self-publishing thing. Like, you don't, much like the, the Kindle store, you don't have to, nobody's, like, looking at that. You just press the button and there it is. Um, I think what they're saying is, like, hey, we're like YouTube now. We're not, do, we're not in the business of moderation. We're Google. We're going to tell you what exists they can make money on our platform, and there's so much content being uploaded that we literally can't take take advantage of it anymore. There's a report system. If it violates our rules, which are way broader than you think, we'll take it down. But if it doesn't, mm-hmm. then that's what it is. And I think that as Prime does that, I think that a lot of other places will do that. Now, Netflix is a, is a studio that essentially like generates its own content. Um, but Amazon <laughs> is essentially a licensing house for other stuff other than their prime content, which is very minimal compared to almost any of the other streaming services. Um, And I think that the Amazon method going forward, I mean, they definitely are the number one, like digital retailer of video on demand for sure. Mm -hmm. That's what this business is that is referencing. Um, I use it all the time. It is annoying to me as a consumer flatly, just that, there is if you search for any word on amazon video that there is like 14 million things on that including like the it's not just like the trauma version of the film it's like you know 17 million things you've never even like heard of or seen or heard referenced ever before it's full of trash so even on just like a content finding stuff it's annoying but like for them to just say like oh we'll just let people upload anything is also a detriment to their platform because it lowers the fact that it that mean it removes any credibility of curation that would exist, which makes people want to go to a more curated thing, which does exist. I mean, Netflix exists mm-hmm. due to curation. Um, crazy to me. Uh, it seems like a bad business plan as well as just a bad choice in general. And Well, it feels like this also... Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like that's why Netflix, like, got, like, a little bit of a... I'll say not, like, a bump, right? But there was that, like, that shuffle thing it had where it was, like, pick something for me. Yeah. And it was because it was like, I guess, ostensibly, it was like, well, we know that you've liked all this other bullshit. Maybe you'll like this stupid shit. And you're like, oh, okay. 
And it kind of like eliminated that like indecision of like, yes. like I was thinking about this the other day, right? It was like kind of why I liked the Criterion Collection yes. challenge, right? Yeah. Because it like created like a constraint where you're like, all right, I'm going to just watch something from 1932. Yeah. Right. So you could apply the filter and it was like, okay, I have to pick from just one of these, like done, right? Like somehow that became easier as opposed to like, a through Z, everything, where I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, how, yeah. how long am I going to scroll before something is, like... And on Prime, if you just get, like, the stars package, so if you have Prime and stars, you can basically see 80% of movies made before the year 2000 are just, like, on there, except for, like, the things that would be in Criterion, which are obviously just broken out there. But, like, it's really easy to just have access to anything that way. But, like, mm -hmm. once again, finding it, searching it, huge pain in the ass, those apps, terrible... Um, even the new version of the Amazon app is terrible. It's over. It's so oh, it's made for desktop. stronger. Yeah, it's made for the Amazon app is clearly made for something like a PlayStation Five or maybe even a PlayStation Four, but something with more like hardware power. Because on the T on any smart TV, it like runs because it's you know a smart TV is like an Android device. It's mm -hmm. like a phone from mm -hmm. eight years ago. <laughs> runs horribly. And that annoys me because that means that at some point I will be annoyed into having like an app that's non-functional on my TV. And that's why I'll get a new TV, much like a console. But See, so as an experiment, I went to my Prime video mm -hmm. thingy, thingy. I searched the word blood, right? Yeah. This should be, this should, you know, okay. So like first movie you think of with blood. Hellraiser 4 Bloodlines. Sure. Um... First, first result sorted by featured, no other, like by default, no other search filter at all. First result, Blood in the Water 2022, starring Hannah Ponting, Brendan Jones, Jamie Robertson. I have no idea. I've never heard of it. But it should be There would There Will Be Blood. That should be the number one. Uh, there Will Be Blood is number one, blood, one blood two, simple. three, four, five on the list. It's an literally an, a multi Oscar yeah. winning film. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cle so clearly their curate their algorithm, even their search algorithm, is completely busted. And, and because blood maybe because simple is let me see one two okay what did I say there will be blood was number five yes six seven eight nine ten eleven I had to get down to number eleven for blood simple to show up. Weird. Now it is currently unavailable on Prime Video, so maybe that has something to do with it, mm. but it is there. But I feel like, oh, and then No Time to Die, for some reason, is down at the very bottom in between Blood Fest 2018 and Blood Hunt 2022. Blood Sea, The Last Dark, some kind of an anime. These are all movies we haven't even, I mean, anime, On fine, the second, pa second page, number, then so, that one was at the top of page two. Page two, number three, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. You know what I want? I want the what's that? What's that fucking movie with? Uh, see, I've already had uh, <laughs> I've already had that operation performed on me. The movie with um, this is this is because of marijuana drugs. Everyone at home. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Have some more. No, what's it called? Uh, it's Spotless Mind. You know, the movie with uh, Jim Carrey and uh, was it Kate Blanchett? 
Who's that? Oh, uh, tr- yeah, no, I forgot. The true story of the spotless mind or yeah. true hearts of the spotless mind. Everyone or- knows what we're talking about. You're, yeah, you've the already... adaptation of the spotless mind. Everyone made or... you see it in college, or someone. Return did. of the spotless mind. <laughs> Eternal sunshine of spotless, of spotless mind. mind. My hands were right here the whole time. Kathy knows I didn't do anything. Um, it just I'm just high on drugs. That's all it is. Uh, so I wish that I could have that operation performed on me for Harry Potter, so that I didn't n- ever have seen it so that i'm not missing like oh i had so many good feelings watching those heartwarming children's tales of magic and whimsy i had so much joy watching those i just can't have it anymore Uh, we got to like the second one it was just too difficult it's just weird too these are also films that were made in a very specific time that were would have already been relatively difficult to bridge the gap and go back and watch them it's just it's just too hard Mm -hmm. it's just too hard it's it's Mm -hmm. not i mean I don't know. Can't do it. Do the no, I like plus the lady I, sucks. Like when, when I was like a high school teacher back in my previous life, mm-hmm. um, wearing wearing a witch's hat and a Gryffindor scarf over my graduation cape, you know that teachers have to wear at the end of the year for graduation. It yeah. was like the easiest fucking Halloween costume in the whole wide world, and no matter what, like kind of goofy the kids always loved it there was like something kind of wholesome and pleasant but and you're wonderful a teacher about they're it. all teachers it, this was what, yeah this was before all of the unpleasantness with yes. that woman right? right um and so uh you know like i i didn't really care like i wasn't like you know like i wasn't like cosplaying to the midnight fucking releases or anything you know like i wasn't like Ooh, i have to have a first edition i didn't care like mm-hmm. i was like whatever i'll pick i'll pick up another copy at the fucking goodwill who gives a shit right <laughs> like um yeah it, it, it's, it's sad when like things like that kind of get tainted in that way like it's like oh couldn't we have had nice things please just we're for not once. allowed to have nice things ever it's just not allowed unfortunately it seems but here's one thing i can i can say on the subject when taylor <laughs> met taylor Couples with the same name can run into confusion. <laughs> please when, continue. Please continue. When Twilight heartthrob Taylor Lautner got married on November 11th, he and his wife took the concept of two becoming one a step further than most. In addition to their legal union, Mr. Lautner and the registered nurse formerly known as Taylor Dome also unified their names. We're literally going to be the same person, the actor said in an interview on The Kelly Clarkson Show ahead of the wedding. How narcissistic. After the ceremony, he posted a photo gallery on Instagram with the caption, Mr. and Mrs. Taylor Lautner. They're their same name, and now it goes to page A7, which is a real problem because I don't know where I put that section. I may have accidentally thrown it out, but here's the deal. Here we go. I did find it. Thank God. No, there... Okay, good, good, good. Because I was like, I think I could probably finish most of it from memory alone. <clears throat> but I was like, I swear it's in my history. I just recently said this online, and I think it's really fun because I didn't even read this little section. I didn't read the continuation. This reveal gave way to jokes online. The Taylor's Lautner, who didn't return requests for comment, are hardly alone in being a named twin couple. Ryan Webb and Ryan Webb, spouses who are in oil and gas professionals in Oklahoma City, 
Ryan Webb, if you're listening, please call for comment. Um, they met on Lair lunch breaks. They shared their first name, and it took some getting used to. It made the holidays real weird, Mr. Webb says. Anytime anybody would say, hey, Ryan, we both perk up like we're meerkats. His family uses boy Ryan and girl Ryan to differentiate between him and his wife. Mr. Lautner told Okay, I want to pause right there. I want to pause right because when I remember when I first read that in that article, I was really upset by that. Yeah. And I really It is. I I still I, and and not just because of the like gendered aspect of yeah. it. Uh-huh. I feel like there is an infantilization to it mm. in addition that I feel like that's what's really bothering me about it. Yeah. Um, I agree. Their family needs to like change a few things about how they treat mm-hmm. the family. Because it's if they could like boy and girl. I'm like those are fucking grown adults. Like yes. it's not like cutesy. Like like I get that it's like a naming problem, but like I don't know. You couldn't be like, well, maybe we use Ryan and Rye. Yes, that's a thing. Like, or... I've been a bry at some point. Brian where there was a and Brian. R or something. Who knows? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, people can... Pe- people also just kind of very naturally throughout their lives develop nicknames, right? Like, I'm sure that before Ryan and Ryan were ever betrothed or before they'd ever even met, they'd probably even accumulated some series of nicknames along the way that maybe in their adulthood don't seem so distasteful. So, right, like Ryan's nickname was Champ or something, you know? <laughs> right. We just always called him Champ just because he was really good at something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. We always called her Mousy. I or something, you know, like yeah. just yeah. So you could just be like, cool. We'll we'll just keep we'll, whatever. You even know? but we'll that's the funny shit. thing here. Even even um. So that was the Webs. That was the Webs Ryan's. Um. Anytime anybody would say, "Hey, Ryan," okay. His family uses boy Ryan and girl Ryan to differentiate between him and his wife. Okay, but here, in in parentheticals, Mr. Lautner told Kelly Clarkson that he and his wife often go by boy Tay and girl Tay. Like, how See, crazy? that's disgusting. Why? They could have been Taylor and Tay. Yeah, that, there you go. Totally. Because I haven't, I, 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 I knew a Taylor pretty well. I never called her anything but Taylor. I never use tay so i don't know if that's like a common nickname yeah it sounds like they're insecure about how they're defying gender norms so they're really reinforcing the idea that they're not no that's girl ryan yeah it is well then why the fuck did you name her ryan that's a good point you're supposed to you're using like your seemingly that's girl george and that's boy george well sometimes i've learned sometimes well i don't know yeah exactly i don't know how to say this i've learned (laughs) i'm done i think i gotta go (laughs) okay how about this i'm gonna go on a little bit further miss mrs uh, nelson cook these are the taylor nelson cook and taylor nelson cook they go by gayler and mailer see that's better right Girl Mailer, or excuse me, Girl Taylor and Male Taylor Mail goes by Mailer, Gaylor and Mailer, Girl Taylor and Tinker Taylor. 
Okay, let me move a little bit further here so I don't they don't absolutely Sinbad the sailor and Tinbad the tailor. How about this one? Back in the 1920s. That's the Joyce heads out there. <laughs> I guess technically I am a Joyce head. I did reference James Joyce in the previous podcast. I mean, there we are. Um, yeah, no, yeah. In, in the day. 1920s, there were socialites <laughs> that were known as uh, Hevelin and Shevelin because they were both named <laughs> Evelyn. Um, let's see. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe that like i wish that one was in the new york times first said or whatever <laughs> this here's a here's a bit of a couple they met on hinge they're dating now they're together they have a set of business cards however they both they're both named alex and they both want to because they're both work at the same company together that they started they both fight over alex at growleaf.com they both want to have the real alex at growleaf.com so there you go. Why can't they be Alexander and Alexandra at Crowleaf? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe there's a middle initial. Kathy. Alex A and Alex B. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, people are just not into the idea of compromise, and I feel like these, these Ryans engaged in this power struggle, they really got to let it go. Oh, let's see. One Ryan shall reign supreme. If I was going to shot one <laughs> more story. There's that meme of the guy who put all of the fucking, like, Roberts together, and he was like, we're all going to get together and fight, and only one of us gets Hold to on. keep the name. Hold on. Hold on. Before we go, I have to read the story. I have to read the story, because you're going to fucking die based on what you just said to me. This is a story that just happened in Japan. Japanese... Japanese man name group meetup. I have to know his name and I have to we're gonna read the story together and then we're gonna then we'll go. Okay. This man's name. What was his name? It was like Takashi Makahari. Let me see. What was his name? Japanese same name, same name. It it just happened like a few months ago. It was like it would be in news, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Okay, here it is. Um, okay. 178 Hirokazu Tanakas break world record for largest group of same name. 178 Hirokazu Tanakas. <laughs> or, as I would say it, 178... Tanaka's Hirozaku, actually. Let me continue. Over 100 people with the same first and last name gathered in Tokyo earlier this week to break a Guinness World Record. On Sunday, 178... I don't know why they didn't just say it in the beginning. 178 Hirokazu uh, Tanaka's met in Tokyo's Shibuya Ward. Their gathering was organized by the Tanaka Hirokazu Association, which was founded by 53-year-old... Hirokazu Tanaka, would you guess, in 1995. So they've been working on those for a while. Tanaka was reportedly inspired to create the association in 1994 after learning about a baseball prodigy with the same name and feeling thunderous joy at the time. According to Tanaka, the association previously attempted to break the world record. In 2011, only 71 Hirokazu Tanakas showed up, and in 2017, that number increased to just 87. The association's Recent record-breaking attempt involved 
Hirokazu Tanaka's of different ages and backgrounds, including a three-year-old Hirokazu Tanaka and an 80-year-old Hirokazu Tanaka. There was even a Hirokazu Tanaka from Vietnam who went all the way to Japan for the gathering. Every Hirokazu Tanaka in the packed theater wore t-shirts with their names written on them to differentiate... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I knew that was going to make you laugh. <laughs> it's like the punchlines written into the article. <laughs> no way, <laughs> I'm with Hirazuka Tanaka. Uh, every Hirazuka. Every- <laughs> Every Hirokazu Tanaka in the pack theater wore t-shirts with their names written on them. <laughs> to differentiate themselves, they gave themselves aliases based on their favorite food, job, or hobby. For example, one of the participants was called <laughs> Chewing Gum, <laughs> while another was called Hot Pot. <laughs> Delightful. He's the guy who likes chewing gum. What can I say? Hey, Meanwhile, imagine I'm... if all of the Dalai Lamas got together and they, like, I mean, because technically they have all gotten together, right? Because they're all, like, the one, right? <sighs> so, like, this Dalai Lama, you could think of, essentially, like, has met every celebrity that every prior Dalai Lama has met. So could you imagine <laughs> if we compiled that list of celebrities? Like, who did the first Dalai Lama meet with? Exactly. I want to know. I want to know, like, yeah, did the 17th Dalai Lama, which, forgive me, I don't know if that's, like, 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago, was he um, meeting, like, the Queen of England? Was that? Did they have cross-cultural touches like that 1,000 years ago or 800 years ago? And also forgive me for not even knowing the age of Buddhism. Oh my god. Well, apparently the first Dalai Lama uh, was born in a cattle pen in 1391 and he passed in 1474. And the lineage of the Dalai Lamas has continued ever since. Okay. And we are now at the uh, 14th Dalai Lama. And uh, much respect and namaste to you, Dalai Lama. I'm sorry that your um, talent agent helper did not uh, steer you correctly in that moment. But Okay, so here's what I'm going to do for what homework because I really have to go to the bathroom. Yes, and, and we'll call, the, call, we'll call the, the show there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My homework is that I'm going to look up all of the celebrities that okay. must have existed at the same time as those Dalai Lamas, and okay. I'm going to compile a list, and then, and then we'll see. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put in some intense research into the Dalai Lama celebrity cult. Okay, and uh, we we talked about a song earlier in the show, didn't we? Didn't we talk about a song? I know we did. I we don't remember. Pat, we were talking about Patty Smith. Oh, we were talking about Patty Smith, and we were talking about well, we were talking about all of the people who were playing Glastonbury. <laughs> Yes, and the Glastonbury Music Festival. Lionel Glastonbury Ritchie. 2015. Lionel Richie, there we go. Lionel Richie, Patty Smith. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, they're playing us in and out. They're yep. playing us. Uh, what, what, what song by Lionel Richie would you like to hear right now, Kathy? We were technically hearing it right now. Lionel Richie is. Um, uh, isn't that um, Hey You? Isn't it Me You're Looking For? 
I believe that is the song. Is that him? Lionel Richie. Um, and Patty Smith. Patty Smith was the I final person that. to ever play. It's a fun little thing at home for you, punk fans. Patty Smith <laughs> was the final person to ever play a CBGB for like two days. She was like the final act for two days or something like that. Yeah, it's totally called Hello by Lionel Richie. Okay. And then maybe a good Patti Smith song. Yes. Mm. You're going to have to help me on that one. Oh, you know what? Um, Since it's about names, uh, do a classic. Do Gloria. It's a cover of the classic song Gloria, except it's, it's, you know, very punk poetess about her so you know all the things yeah do that one all right okay thank you kathy thank you everyone at home for visiting our show we have another podcast that we were on a couple weeks ago i got bit by a million mosquitoes while we were recording it because i was outside um they're editing it they work on a very edited podcast and next when it it comes out then we'll talk about it in the next podcast and we'll of course we'll retweet it and stuff all right friends yes goodbye kathy blessings have a good weekend yes you too Goodbye. I'll take care of this dog. (laughs) Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton, part of thieves, wild cord on my sleeve, thick. Heart of stone, my sins, my own, they belong to me, me. People say beware.
gonna do one more. Yeah. Egyptian. 